2: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
3: Take your business
2: further with the smart and flexible American Express
3: Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Got my PrevNAR20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect.
4: I'm 19, strong.
3: And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But. But nothing when grandma speaks.
2: Grandson listens.
3: 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65
5: plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia.
2: 20-
5: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
4: AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into to work in traffic so slow connect the dishes to voices that glow thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio connect the stories change your perspective connecting changes everything at and
1: it's brand new season two
4: I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. Ronnie Williams is a three-time venture founder, currently serving as president and co-founder of Solo Funds, the largest community fintech platform for everyday Americans, providing the opportunity to access and grow capital and establish financial independence. He's also co-founder at Listener, an ultrasonic data oversound technology leader, and he's an Aspen Institute Henry Crown Fellow. Solo Funds recently reached a major milestone, achieving a million users. So I'm interested. If he had to rank the most important factors in achieving that milestone between A, the demand for the solution Solo Funds provides, or B, his ability to build community, what would Rodney say is the most important to reaching a million?
6: I, I think it's a, the right answer is a, probably a combination of both. I don't think that one outweighs the other. Um, I think what, what made it so difficult is, is the concept of a community as it relates to financial services is, is, is very, very new, right? That's not what you, when you think about financial services, you don't think about community. And, and, and so I, I believe that has to be a part of the growth story, um, not just the demand part, right? I think, I think the demand has always been there. Um, I think the community is what makes it unique and special.
4: You had said in in another interview, the system is somewhat discriminatory or selective in that it's extremely expensive to start a financial services company. Um, To that end, like what are some of the most effective ways for people who are trying to build fintech, you know, whether in in whatever vertical, but particularly in fintech, whatever solution, I'm sorry. You know, what are some of the best ways to create MVPs, a minimum viable product when it's so tough to get into this industry?
6: yeah you know I, I i would i would say that i think the way in which we did it was you know was probably the the, the cheapest most efficient way to do so um it is expensive probably more expensive than any other um other uh, technology company outside of hardware in, in my opinion um, because of the required amount of legal work prior to launching um compliance um and then the the ongoing regulation or compliance that's necessary to, to maintain whatever the idea you have, so it's actually pretty pretty substantial upfront costs. But the way in which we did it was uh, using the accelerators, um, using the, the those were, those were incredible, um, you know, launching pads for Solo. I think Solo participated in three prior to launching, um, uh, yet alone maybe probably about three additional after launch. So you know those those accelerators were were huge um, um, catalysts for 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 not for trying to just leverage resources despite the the uphill battle of the of the costs that it, that it takes um, to to do so.
4: You know, for um, I love this conversation because you know you you talk about it's really expensive to do compliance. It's heavily regulated industry. And I was reading something where you said, you know, at the end of the day, the pattern matching that VCs do when they're looking for the next billion dollar exit, there's not a number of people who walk in looking like you, you know, there's not a lot of people who have attained that level of success and, and look like us, you know, but when you put numbers on the board, you went on to say, people start to wake up. And so in order to get that VC attention, to your point, you know, you have to put some numbers up on the board. How do you do that if you're not Rodney Williams?
6: <laughs> well I think let's be very clear um, I think that um I think everyone's capable of, of, of delivering on a concept in, in a way that they need to um I think that some of the the, the, the most in thing most important things that a founder needs to do is persevere and get it done um and to do so you got to learn you know coming from my first venture into this venture myself and Travis didn't get here by knowing all the answers or assuming that you know because I've had success in, in the past it's going to automatically you know lead to success here I think we we've attacked it from a from from the position of not knowing anything right and, and what that means is we need to know everything. Um, and and when, when, you know, us standing here today, reaching the numbers that we have, is that we have become the experts at what we do. We're the best in the world at it. You know, every predecessor that has ever tried to do peer-to-peer uh, finance has failed or has, um, has never reached a scale. And, you know, what we didn't know we learned and what we knew and anchored in the community in which we serve, to be quite frank, we're black, we're African-American, and, and, and um, fortunately, I'm part of a community or we're part of a community that has been taken advantage of by financial services since the beginning of time. And a lot of the, and we know the do's and don'ts of our community. We, we know the nuances of what the product needs to enable. We know the nuances of what's going to encourage uh, users to to pay back. These are some of the things that we knew um, all of the things that we didn't know um, is what we learned to put those numbers on the board. So, and, and to be clear, I, I think, you know, we don't, I don't think we get on the stage enough to talk about the numbers on the board. Um, but we're, we're doing something that has never been done before at a scale that has never been done before. Um, and, 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 and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, what I would call pain and suffering and and, and scar tissue and, and getting there, um, but we're excited about what's next.
4: Coming to the game, not knowing a whole lot, you said you, to your point, but you had to learn a lot so that you could know everything about this. What, though, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm sure you came in with some assumptions about things because I read your story and you know you and Travis both come from very successful corporate careers and having that you know personal income, that revenue. You have people around you who didn't have it, and so in order, you were one of the people that people went to the family. Like you know, like if I need a hundred dollars, I can go to Rodney. Well, so obviously, other people have that issue as well. But what are some what are some of the things that were surprising to you about some of the assumptions you made that may not have been turned out to be correct?
6: Um, you know, I used to think that it was just my friends and family, meaning that you know, mo- mostly you know, the group of of Americans that. You know, had limited savings and didn't really have access to short-term credit, whether that's a credit card or a payday loan. Um, kind of, I you know, I originally thought that it was focused in African American communities. Um, I'm still somewhat shocked that no, it's 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 something that's spread across all middle-class Americans. You know, over 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 190 million. Uh, Middle-class Americans. Um, yes, it's filled with the underserved communities. are filled with communities that you would think of, like LGBTQ or uh, you know uh, Americans with a disability, for example. But it's also uh, filled with Black, Brown, and women Americans who tend to be taken advantage of by financial services. Or said differently, financial service companies haven't necessarily built products for the needs um, uh, for their needs. So. That's probably the honestly the one of the most uh, incredible assumptions that um, that continues to shock me, and I and I give you an example of that. Ten percent of our borrowers make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, this person isn't financially illiterate. This person understands finances. This person has a credit card. Why uh, has the financial system been built to where, as though? they need two hundred dollars and they can't Mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest question. The bigger question isn't how we did it. It's why is it successful? Why is it growing? Why is there such a demand for this? Um, Why isn't more people talking about it? You know, there's a there's a lot of regulators and government agencies and politicians that are always talking about reducing the wealth gap and increasing access to capital always talking about it, but where, like, when, is, who are the people that are doing it, and why aren't you supporting them? Um, and and those are the questions that um, I, I now are sometimes perplexed by. Um, but uh, I'm I'm up for the challenge as well.
4: You know, so historically we've leaned on the big three credit companies, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, to determine a large part of our financial situation, whether we can get loans, whether we can get a car, whether we can get a house, so many um, other alternatives to that have come into the conversation over the last few years, like a social credit score and et cetera. How do you think, how does solo funds think about the the evolution of the credit score?
6: Well, it's somewhat broken. Um, if you think about in the midst of COVID and thinking sometime in 2021, credit scores were at an all time high. <laughs> we know no we're working. Um, well, well, you know, what that what we're ultimately talking about is that, you know, the, the way the credit score currently works is that it's an incredible measure of historical behavior, but it doesn't necessarily give you a snapshot on the consumer, the consumer's economic position today. It, it gives a snapshot of what it was. Right. Um, and 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 there's ways there's so much technology available to you at our fingertips that it, it needs a it needs to be way more real time. It, it needs to have a forward-looking outlook, and and I think that's 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 some of the the, the nuances in which and how we made our solo score, um, which again takes into account real-time cash flow um, to 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 assess uh, who who that borrower may be today, <laughs> right? And 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 then try to understand um, um, what what they can do in the near term. So it's a very different thing. I You know when I and when you talk to anyone about the credit report or the credit agencies, and, and it, there's a ton of secrecy on how it's scored. There's some things that we know, but it's a ton of different um, misconceptions about how it's scored. Um, we actually just tried to remove all of the misconceptions. You know, the way our score works is like it's on on flow. When you pay something back on time, your score gets better. When you don't, yeah. your score gets worse. That simple. No, no, no magic sauce. No, nothing that the consumer can't understand. I wish our credit score was that simple. Meaning if I have a bill and I paid it on time, it should maintain or get better, but it kind of doesn't. <laughs> um, you know, it seems to only get worse if I miss a payment. I, I make a ton of payments and it's, it, it doesn't necessarily um, 100% reflect that successful repayment history in the score, at least in, 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 in no form of immediacy. So these are some of the things in which what we, we leverage to, to create our score. I, I will tell you the traditional credit system is built on that, um, on the credit and agencies so it's a necessary evil, but it is, it is an evil that is not widely understood and, and that's been, uh, been a challenge.
3: business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpress.com/businessgoldcard. business gold card
0: my dad works in b2b marketing but i never really knew what that meant then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big mql man
2: And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. ATT Connects and Ode to Podcasts.
4: Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze.
7: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily
5: to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
7: i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but
4: same old oh, oh, oh yeah.
7: and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Defect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's
4: right. right, right, right. There are many people who might have just fell on hard times or have an unexpected situation and need help, to, and funds is there to assist. Others who might just be financially unsavvy. <laughs> How do solo funds manage those behaviors on this platform to be sure both the borrower is assisted and the lender is protected? Rodney speaks on it.
6: Yeah, I I will tell you, uh, we see much far less than, uh, we see far less uh, percentages or, or examples of consumers bad with money. We see, much more examples of consumers operating on extremely tight budgets.
4: You think that then is like and a negative stereotype that they've said about us? Like, do we just can't manage money?
6: It's not true. It's actually really incorrect. It really bothers me. Because um, in, in part, they're talking about my mom. When I mean, you talk about my mom, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Um,
6: but I'm going to try to paint the picture for you. Um, 49% of our bars are college educated, Um, mostly women. They tend to have multiple children. They're gainfully employed. They live in cities like New York City, San Francisco, Miami, Atlanta. These are high cost of living cities. And they live on extremely, extremely tight budgets. What I mean by extremely tight budgets is that they have less than $800 of savings in their bank account. Despite being college educated, savvy, to give you perspective, this consumer can take $20 and somehow figure out how to live off of that for an entire week when they need to. They they know every day that the bill is coming out of their um, checking account. Literally, they know when Netflix is coming out. Okay. This is how focused they are on their finances. So what we're talking about is a cost of living concern and a a, a wage concern that's creating very, very tight constraints on budgets. And in a time like this, where inflation is happening, all of a sudden my gas to fill my tank went from $40 to $50, I need that. So what happens is these consumers, despite that $800 savings, will have a financial emergency one to four times every 12 months, and it looks very simple. My child, um, uh, my child is sick. I can't go to work for three days. That's three days of pay. Wow, this is also when I now have a, a medical deductible because my kid is sick and needs surgery. That's $500. Um, and the combination of the medical deductible and the fact that I'm not going to work means I'm gonna be short on rent in two weeks. That's it. $800 of savings is gone like that. So all of a sudden, you know, you're like, you know what? I'm gonna be late on the rent. I'm gonna make sure my kid gets better, um, but I'm gonna incur late fees on my rent and I don't have any extra cash, so I, really, I'm just gonna be late. I'm just gonna make sure I got food on the table. Let me just borrow $200 to make sure I got food on the table. That's not mismanagement of money. That's a lack of cash flow, that's a lack of salary, given the cost of living that efforts person lives in. There's no scenario that this person can access short-term capital cheaper or more efficiently except for going to friends or family, or if you talk to a lot of these, these consumers, I mean, what I love about these consumers is that they're, they're, they're what America is built off of, right? We see teachers who, who sell t-shirts on Etsy. We see police officers who also drive Uber. We see, you know I mean? We see multiple streams of income, especially in moments of tight and constraint moments. They actually dig themselves out. The problem is, we're trying to make sure that hole isn't as deep as it would be with a subprime credit card or a payday loan. With solo, that hole is not deep at all. But it is a misconception that I hate that this group of Americans is not, um, uh, you know, financially illiterate. It is not true. It is not true.
4: It t- talk more about that, that long-term cycle of debt that many of us not many of us may not be aware of that the traditional emergency lenders put us in? Because, you know, you talk about, yes, there there may be some predatory percentage rates that those things, but what is this real cycle that it gets people into that's negatively affecting yeah. our communities?
6: The cycle isn't even the APR. The APR is an illusion that's inaccurate. Um, so I'm going to give you two, two truths about the APR, which causes problems. For for many Americans, number one, the APR is a is a, is a specific fee um, based on the condition of credit. It is a fee that they're supposed to communicate. It's it's a it's a fee that takes the kind of like average rate and annualizes it. Um, but I give you an example when someone says, "Oh my God." Um, that payday loan costs 400%. The consumer is not technically paying four times what they borrow. It's an annualization calculation based on the short term. It's even difficult to understand as I'm explaining it. Yeah, right? So that's that's problem number one. Problem number two, which is more important than problem number one, in my opinion, is that APR does not include subscription fees, annual fees, Late fees, origination fees, instant cash fees. I give you an example. When you look at like subprime credit cards or payday loans, I only think like 20% of consumers actually pay them on time. So that means what a consumer is really paying should then also include the late fee because most consumers are paying late fees. That gets into the predatory nature. I give you an example, a subprime credit card, which is an average of about $500 is your, um, how much credit they'll give you. It will have the highest APR that's allowed in that state, plus the, the, an annual fee. Um, there's a late fee, a flat late fee assessed every month that you're late for the rest of the time. Now they have caps, but for a while. There's also instant cash fees that you also incur. Um, so when we actually, we actually tried to, we call it total cost. We actually commissioned a research project to understand what our consumers really paying. Not sure math. If a consumer takes $100 today, what are they paying in 12 months from now? That's it. It's everything plus the $100, no ifs, ands, and buts. And the, the data is really, really upsetting subprime credit cards are actually more expensive than payday loans, um, which the, the, or a subprime credit card of basically a thousand dollars, the average consumer is going to pay like $1,900 of fees.
4: On top of the thousand. On top of it. Wow.
6: Um, The principle. Yeah. It, it was, it was actually, it's actually really bad. So. You know these are some of the things that aren't necessarily talking about, but mainly because who who's who's the who's the folks in the in the room arguing about APR <laughs> or talking about what consumers are really paying? Number one, they're, they're too far removed i I know I know my my you know they're too far removed from the plight they've They've made their money. A long time ago they're doing pretty well they're not understanding what these consumers are really paying for and and if they're from non-underrepresented groups or underserved groups that's just perpetuating a a, a lack of understanding all right and 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 this is one of the biggest reasons why we're, we we publish this total cost report now why again we kept trying to figure out why we're growing <laughs> you know like maybe you know because you start to question yourself like maybe, maybe we aren't so affordable maybe we aren't such a benefit but when we when we surveyed our consumers and they're like i was like why didn't you, why don't you do you have a credit card yes well that's shocking they told us that they didn't have credit right why don't you use your credit card it's too expensive and i was so confused by that um because my credit card isn't that expensive but their credit card is and, and these are just some of the things that, you know, I, I think that's one of the best things about being who we are as founders and entering this space within financial services is that we, it's, I think it's our duty to be a voice of who we represent and, and to start to bring data and facts and start to, to push, you know, our, our leaders to answer these questions. And 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 to and to start to create some level of reform, um, I'm proud to say, and I think, you know, we're about a fifth of the cost of subprime, um, of subprime credit cards. The average consumer spends about 13.4 percent in addition to their principal after 12 months. And then, I'm gonna tell you, the only reason is that we don't compound fees. Not the only reason, but. We don't believe, we don't give you a, like if you're late every month. We don't charge you late fees every month. We, there's a one-time fee. That that's gonna dig a hole. <laughs> and and you got to understand, there's no what we have been what we have learned is that we actually have significantly better repayment rates. You know why? It's easier to get out the hole. It's really hard to pay back a hundred dollar loan. That is now two hundred and fifty bucks versus a hundred dollar loan. That's now, you know, one hundred and thirteen dollars.
4: Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. <laughs> I, it's really that simple when we think about it, right? Like, you don't dig the hole too much, so they, they, they it's still in reach of repayment. Um, but again, these are just some of the nuances that that we decided to do. And I mean, to be honest, we took it the extra step. We're one of the few lenders in the space that is a benefit corporation a
3: certified benefit
2: corporation
3: take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card it's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases that's the powerful backing of american express learn more at americanexpress.com slash business gold card
4: at&t connects and ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream
7: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily
5: to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
7: i'm tamika d mallory and it's your boy my son the general and we are your host of tmi new year new name new energy but same old Oh, oh, oh yeah
4: How'd we do today?
2: We did
5: good.
4: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It's via the B-Labs. B-Labs is a nonprofit, think of it like a governing body, who, who certifies um, companies um, to, to attain B Corp status. B Corp status is a combination of their certification, as well as like literally we submit, we actually, you know, register with the government as a benefit corporation, which what that ultimately means is that we balance the 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 need for for profit alongside for people. And 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 we don't we don't we that's that's important. So they come in and they look at all of our finances. They look at how much money we make. They look at how we pay our employees. They look at, you know, in terms of how we even um, promote within. And they give scores. But not only did they assess all those different things, they assessed our business model. And they, and they assessed that, you know, how we're handling our consumers. And it came back very, very positive. Um, but, that, I mean, that, that's a piece. I, I'll tell you another piece. Um, the average NPS is net promoter score. It's how, um, you know, you can judge consumer experience. Um, most financial services companies are around forty. Bank of America is at a twenty-two. Um, our average net promoter score is a ninety. These are these are
4: that. Uh, For the people who don't really understand what that means, like what what factors go into creating that score?
6: It's it's really just about it's it's a measure of it's basically a measure of the amount of consumers that are having a happy experience so it's a random survey that's distributed across all of our users and it's it's just them being happy We're on P- companies that have really high net promoter scores are companies like Apple and Nike Patagonia you know what I mean these are some not financial service companies put it that way um, so we, we are extremely proud of, of 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 having an MPS like that, um, but that's the community part. You that's your, going back to your first question, um, it's it's because of that why we're, we're we continue to reach the, the, the scale that we are.
4: You you said earlier, and I've, I've read you said this a few times. You know, you're innovating and thriving where companies have failed. You guys are the first um, company in this vertical, particularly black-owned company, to to find success why do people fail? Why is there a line of you know dead startups previous to you guys?
6: Well, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were making products for middle class America, and they're not middle class America. One day, I'm going to start a VC firm. And our goal is to invest in founders who are uniquely positioned to be experts at the consumers they serve. That's it, <laughs> you know. And 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 I and I think when you look at a lot of the fintech innovation, just look at a lot of the fintech innovation. Even the the what everyone talked about for crypto is going to democratize finance for the people. <laughs>
5: you
6: know what I mean? Um, we're not going to talk about that. Um, or you know. You know, credit builders and this, this, these are all Harvard, MIT, and Stanford guys building products for people that look like you and I. And they're they're just where where I, where I truly believe they failed is um, you know not understanding the consumer. And it makes perfect sense. I think people got to understand my background. I'm a trained brand manager from Procter and Gamble. I spent five years. Becoming an expert at a consumer, being at relentless at shipping cases. All right, I worked on Pampers, wasn't a dad. But the way I got good is becoming an expert at who we serve. And I think sometimes in fintechs we kind of, or in, you know we kind of get, we kind of get um, excited about the opportunity, and you miss the point. We at Solo are obsessed with middle-class America, to the point where I live down the street from a payday lender. Trust me, I can live a lot of places, but I want to drive past that line every Friday. I want to. I want to. It does something to me, you know what I mean? And and you know, my co-founder lives also down the street. We, we're doing these things because we've learned why our success We'll, or we we've learned or we know why um, some of our success has happened, and it's definitely because of how anchored we are in the consumer we serve.
4: You said something similar about community banks before, and that they weren't really doing what they're designed to do. Um, you know, so you said I, I think about what the community bank is supposed to do, and they're supposed to be lending, allowing lending and borrowing in the community. Um, you know, I, I I think about if we look at almost any deeply embedded institution or industry, we can find where they fail to live up to their promise. How did you know finance was one you wanted to tackle? And what was your insight? You you talked about being from middle America, but there's a lot of things you could have done. There's a lot of places you could have lived to your point. There's a lot of things you could have put your efforts and resources into. Why finance?
6: You know, um I wanted to make an impact, and I saw, I wanted to make a financial impact, and, 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 you know, Travis and I, we saw a lot of effort pushing capital to small businesses, entrepreneurs of color, and we were still driving past the, the woman who served me coffee or the person who served me a drink and and I was still getting picked up in Ubers and they needed support and help too and 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 for me um I grew up in a working class family and working class family is is who built me I also know that my working class family ain't so working class no more they're doing pretty damn well it's funny how people who work really hard tend to dig themselves out of it right so I figured, you know, one of the things, really the innovation that I would say that's really important for us, and I I, I usually glance over it, but our solo score, our underwriting model is impressive. It's currently performing about four times better than industry average. That's all built in house, all built on um, a few AI models. Um, Taking, we used to call it the hustle score. It's, we're, we're trying, we're really met. We really designed an underwriting um, score that measures a consumer's ability to make ends meet, to figure it out. Um, and, and that in combination with what we call a real-time repayment product, or real, real-time payment solution, um, we uh, we've kind of removed all of the dumbness and I'm going to give you an example. I sign up for a system. I, I did have to pay you in a month instead of just pre-scheduling it <laughs> or making it easy to pre-schedule. We let consumers miss it.
2: That's
6: so that's, there's enough technology for every bill that we have today to be automatically connected to us, right? But that, what I'm ultimately getting is that we built our repayment product to continue to monitor our borrowers' accounts. So, never have we ever overdrawn. But we 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 become a partner in their finances, not a predator in their finances. Um, and that's that gives a little bit to our repayment product. It was actually you know, the code name was Get Money. Um, the final one of the final things that we did, and we were the first one of the first companies to do so, we built our entire payment structure on real-time rails, way before FedNow, better than Zelle. But we built it on something called Visa Direct and Mastercard's thing. It's their proprietary real-time debit infrastructure. We were and are still one of the few lending companies in the world that are built. That's why, I, and follow me on Instagram, I'm always in Visa's office. These are some of the reasons why we're always in their office. Um, what does that allow us to do? That allows us to move money faster and more efficiently um, when someone's in need and when someone needs them to pay a loan. Put yourself in that single mom that I talk about who knows exactly when her Netflix bill is going to come out. So if she says, Solo, you need to pull this money on the fourth <laughs> If you pull it too late, you're not gonna get it. That's what she's also telling us. So we needed a real, that's nobody, honestly, quite frankly, no one who looks like me really understands that, that you need to pull money exactly when it's available. It cannot be a delay because all of that, you know, when the things get pending and the ACH, something's gonna fall short and that goes both ways. So we, we spent a lot of extra capital spending this real-time um, product. And I, I will tell you, that's some of the, I just kind of gave you the three-part secret sauce to, to why we exist.
4: Um, you, there was a quote I read where you said, our goal is not for borrowers to remain borrowers. I think Travis said this, actually. Our goal is not for borrowers to remain borrowers on this platform forever. So how do you think then about retention and or which metrics matter to you?
6: Since, uh, since pretty early in the, in, the, in the life of the company. Um, 30% of our borrowers have also lent.
4: So they've graduated?
6: They graduated. I, I'm pretty happy about that rate. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, because it goes back to the original assumption. They're not illiterate. They just have a cash need today, right? And, and, and if you give them a way to get out of it, they're not, they're not only just going to get out of it, they're going to thrive in six months. I mean, we, we have examples of uh, one of my favorite examples. It was in a CNBC article, it was an engineer in San Francisco. He lost his job. He used us for a couple months 300, 400, 500 bucks. Eventually, he, made a, he got a huge six figure job he became a prolific lender on the platform is that if that's not everyday americans yeah i don't know who that is right this person i mean that's that's the life of an average american is that at the end of the day job security is not what it meant 20 years ago like no one's at gm working for 25 years job security today is fleeting for every American, yeah. especially if you're fresh out of college, you know what I'm saying under 35 years old, you haven't really got your footing in your career. You're you're in, and you're in and out of jobs despite being very very educated. So these are just some of the nuances that we we eventually know that you will land and you're going to land and do really well and you're going to be a thriving member of this society. And, and 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 you know what? You for some reason have a connection with Solo that no one can break because solo was there when you needed them most. No other finance institution was.
4: Wow. I wanna dig into your mindset a little bit. I've always been fascinated by the way you think. And I learned this in doing research for this conversation that there was a time just a few years ago before the surge in users um, that, you know, solo funds was almost out of business. I mean, it was effectively out of money. You know, I wanna know about your mindset in those moments where you're facing existential threats to your business, and you've gone head to head with major players at your previous companies, and when those were still startups, who do you put yourself, I wanna know how Rodney's mind works. Who do you put yourself around, or what is your mindset when it feels like all the moves in front of you have to be played precisely and correctly in order to stay alive? Much less find success, but just to stay alive. Like, so many people don't come back from that. And so I'm interested in how Rodney thinks about these sorts of threats.
6: Um, you know, looking back at them, I would tell you that they are very expensive. And and what I mean by that is they're expensive on your social relationships. They're expensive on your romantic relationships. Um, because it's a bit irrational to empty the the account (laughs) like I don't I don't know what else to tell you it's a bit irrational it's a bit irrational to say I'm not to you know to your significant other that I'm not giving you a Christmas gift this year I mean you're gonna have to wait or you know we're gonna you know we're not gonna go home for the holidays these are things that I've had to do Um. So, and, and and unfortunately, most of the time, m- most of the network don't really understand the, this kind of belief that's rooted in data. I've never made these decisions. I've never made these decisions based off of gut. I'm a pnger Don't, don't let my <laughs> wildness fool anybody. We lead on paper. Um, and... I don't need as much paper as most PNGs though. Right? I don't, that's what I said, I don't. I, you give me two sentences and a bullet point and I probably gonna, I can do the rest. But what I'm ultimately saying is that you know, you know, at some point you get to a conclusion that the opportunity outweighs the risk and the cost. And that little bit of information is, is something that you are the only person in the world that knows. So you just have to get through this moment. Um, and if you can get through the moment, uh, it will pay off for you. Um, I wish it was easier. You know, I, I, look at my, my counterparts who get to go and raise hundreds of millions of dollars because they know someone at Andreessen or their father is a executive at Goldman Sachs. I, I, I wished that I had those level of of security, Um, but I don't. So that means you swing for the fences. Um, But I I will not lie to anyone listening on this call. The cost is expensive. There's a lot of relationships I had to sacrifice to get here. Um, There are a lot of um, moments that I had to miss to get here. And, And if you want to, be an entrepreneur and be a founder, and you're not willing to do those things, you should do something else. (laughs) You know, Um, you should, um, because you you may waste someone's money and you're definitely gonna waste your time.
4: Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia and it's produced by Morgan Debon and me, Will Lucas with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas Special thank you to Micah Davis and Vanessa Serrano Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Share this with somebody Go get your money Peace and love
2: 20-
5: Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.
1: It's brand new season two.